everybody welcome to team fight talk show that's right we are back again it feels like a long time but i guess it's only been a couple weeks either way i'm doa as always there's frodan over there as always oh i pointed the wrong direction there you go there's frodan as always and our special guest today pakigam our first challenger series winner and uh definitely i would imagine happy to be here but let's ask him just to make sure are you happy to be here pakigam yeah i'm i was quite excited i have two of my idols here Oh, he's, he's too kind already. All right. Well, flattery will get you nowhere. We'll be asking the hard questions later. Uh, Frodan, how you doing? You got any hard questions prepared? Uh, for Pocky Gum, not after that. I, I got to make him oh, look good, okay. set him up with some softballs. <laughs> so I'll let you be the bad cop and I'll be good cop. All right. I, I've never been the bad cop in my life, Frodan. I don't know how to do this. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do my best. But uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, of course, but first, let's get to know our guest. Now, Pakigan, obviously, uh, you're a name that is in the forefront of a lot of people's minds in the TFT community right now because of your big win uh, last week, I believe it was, maybe two weeks ago. Either way, it was recent. But uh, but yeah, how, how's it feel? You, you've been able to soak it in for a while. Uh, do you feel more pressure going forward now? Is the pressure off in a way because you've got your spot in the mid-set finale? Like, uh, where's your head at in terms of your competitive attitudes towards uh, TFT at the moment? I, I would say... Coming off that win, uh, it made me feel like prior to that tournament win, I used to kind of go into the tournaments thinking I'll just hope I'll do well. And just like, I wasn't really expecting to perform that well and be able to compete with like the other top players that much. It's So it gave me a lot more confidence. And I think... Moving forward, I feel I feel quite confident for any of the upcoming tournaments, really. All right. So I wanted to ask, too, how did you kind of get into TFT uh, in the beginning? For those of you who aren't as familiar with you, um, how, what's your kind of competitive gaming background? Um, what brought you to TFT? Sort of what's, what's your story, in short? When it comes to competitive gaming, I got started off by watching Brood War, actually. I really oh, love okay. watching Whoa, Brood War awesome. on like, the TL site. Culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was watching it as, like, I think middle school. Who was like, your favorite player back then? I'm curious. Uh, Jangby. He was oh, my okay. favorite. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He was a Protoss, player. right? Yeah, <laughs> Protoss yeah. player. And then, yeah, he was great. yeah, he had his two tournament wins near the end of the Brood War era, right? Mm -hmm. So I was very happy for that. That's but, a that's a classy answer. A lot of people have just been like, oh, you know, J Dong Flash, you know, that kind of stuff. But Changbi, hmm, wow, all right, I'm impressed. Continue, continue. Yeah, so I I used to watch a lot of that on like the TL website, just on that like little scuffed little stream yep. <laughs> window, as we all did. And then, <laughs> and then going from there, I kind of wanted to, uh. Well, I guess more closer to that would be like League. People introduced me to League. My friends, my family, like my younger brother, older brother introduced me to League. Uh, I never really got into playing it, but I did enjoy watching it. And I would okay. stay up late at night watching LCK, OGN. <laughs> Like I know a guy that casted that. Emotes. I've yeah. heard of that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch all of like Monty's summoning insights as well. And... Heard of that guy? He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's okay. Yeah, 
So from there, I, I really kind of starting from that, I really got into just like watching all kinds of different esports. And like, even if I don't play it, I would still watch it. So I like, I do watch the XGO sometimes. I do watch like Melee and all the fighting games. So, oh my god, would... this guy, I like Pocky Gum. You can stay. You're just saying <laughs> yeah. all my favorite games in esports, like in your introduction. <laughs> An esports uh, connoisseur. Yeah, yes. Rubor, Melee, uh, League yeah. of Legends. I mean, this guy, I like. Yeah, I, I, I just really loved esports just as a whole like idea. So, for me, there was always like in the back of my mind what if I could possibly be part of that. And the thing that I think let me feel more confident in my ability to was the card games. So I, I went into like Hearthstone. Uh, yeah. I played a lot of like Miracle Rogue. I played Pirate Rogue. Yeah. It's a big brain deck uh, right there. Yeah. You, you had me on Pirate Rogue. Rogue. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's a big brain. And then I heard the words Pirate Rogue. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, that patch, that season of Hearthstone was just overrun with patches. <laughs> yes, but, the, the card patches, not not the actual, like, patching the game. Um, that's right, great. That's uh, great. Patches, yeah, yeah so I, what, I did. Oh, I was just going to ask, like, uh, so kind of coming back into TFT world, like, what about TFT keeps you so engaged and interested to want to compete in it? Oh, I would say that's... Uh, somewhat related to like the card game angle but when i did play card games it felt like the games were a little bit rote like just kind of mm. once you play enough of the game you regardless of like what cards are dealt to you and what cards are dealt to the opponent and what they play you kind of already know what you're gonna do next mm. like and then you kind of have like an expectation of this game's doomed and this game's won, like that kind of uh, mentality mm -hmm. for Hearthstone and like all the other card games. But then when it comes to TFT, I think the fact that you can uh, kind of like sack your current strength for economy, make decisions regarding that, there's a little bit more like variance in terms of what you can do and how you can affect the result of the game, right? Since also you're not playing for win-lose, you're playing for placement, right? So all those yeah. like factors combined together, I think it was just a lot more interesting. I okay. agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree too. I, I feel like a TFT is in that sort of like crossroads between card game and RTS, you know? So it, it mm -hmm. makes sense. Like the more people, the more and more people I talk to in TFT, both as players, as people who watch, enjoy it, both come from that similar background of they really loved RTSs and they really loved card games. And it kind of seems like it's all coming together in TFT, which is such a cool thing for me. I love the sort of bridges between, uh, between esports that kind of occur in TFT. It's very neat. But speaking of other things that are kind of neat, but controversial. Let's talk about patch 11.11. Um, and here we are. It was a big patch. It was a big patch. And, you know, a lot of people were complaining, you know, and, and I love that GV8 did this on his morning meta report the other day where he started out be like, oh, 4-1 meta, roll down casino, you know, so bad. I wish it was a reroll meta. And then it's like, well, have I got some good news for you? Here's a new patch. Because I kind of feel the same way where people like they were complaining about the 4-1 state thing so much. And now we've got this patch that totally changes that is a, a reroll meta now. 
But uh, I guess I just want to get your surface level thoughts uh, to begin with, Pakigam, on the patch. So in terms of how mm. things change for you, uh, your approach to the game, like what what do you think of the patch besides the really obvious stuff? Mm. What did I think of the patch? I personally, prior to the patch, I was already playing a decent amount of reroll. So when I did see the changes to the odds, I was just like, oh no. <laughs> Everyone's going to be playing it now. Yeah. So, like, going into that, I think the main uh, big thing for me, at least, is that thing in the bottom right, that item over there, I love it. Mm. <laughs> Bench full yeah, trap ball. Yeah, yeah, it is so good. And it's, it's really, uh, it's so useful in a lot of, like, the squishier comps that just need to prevent one CC, like since and stuff like that. And I, I just think it's a really cool item. And it kind of helps that like Belkos doesn't even exist in the meta right now because it's not good into Belkos. No, but then it is not. It's good into like almost everything else in the meta. It even helps mm -hmm. against like Set. It saves you from one punch until he punches again. You still have to worry about the second punch, but at least the one punch is dealt with, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. So for people who aren't uh, exactly following um, what that means, uh, the Vengeful Trap Claw has been reworked to now give a spell shield that that keeps him safe from the first uh, cast of the ability, but it doesn't stun the way like the normal Trap Claw does. Uh, and the positioning is very similar to like a Zeke's Herald, for example, which is like to the left and to the right. So three champions or three units get the spell shield, and it's been... Uh, quite a revelation, especially in like late game carousel stuff. It could be just as swinging as like a Zephyr or like a Shroud. So if you're like in the situation where you're not sure in the late game what to take, and you see this on the carousel, like you absolutely should be taking it. It's so good, even just on the front liner to just ensure that they get the CC off before your opponents. If you're like in a Volibear battle, for example, it can be huge. I gotta say, I do miss the old Shadow Trap Call a little bit. I I love the teleporting aspect that it had. That was I had a ton of fun with that item, but. I admit this one is probably a little bit better and uh, more situationally useful. But the old one was fun. Old Ventral Trap Claw, mm -hmm. you will not be forgotten. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You look like you yeah. want to say something, Frodan. I mean, it's, it's really hard to talk a little bit about every pa aspect of this patch. The first thing that I want to say is that I'm glad that Riot is willing to take big risks. You know, I think this is something that... Um, just due to the nature of how successful TFT is in the game, it's played by millions of people every day, right? Like their video in set four fates was like saying that like, what, like five, six million players log on every day. That's like a huge player base that they touch on a monthly basis, which they're evaluated upon. Um, and so to do something as dramatic as this uh, is an easy way to turn off players um, if it doesn't land well. So I want to commend him for that. And there's also some changes that I think were good. Alt, you know, Pocky talked about some of the itemization and whatnot. Uh, but the percentage change, while it's really small, you think, oh, it's like 5%. It shouldn't be that big deal. But like, it's a huge deal, especially if you're talking about how much gold you're rolling and also like how early you're hitting. And that causes pressure for the rest of the lob. Because if everyone's hitting the two stars that much easier, um, especially for really powerful ones like Kennen and Varus, right? Like these two stars that can really define your entire early game. Um, it kind of creates this really big uh, cascading effect where if you hit, now everyone else is taking a lot of pressure. As a result... Games are just ending really quickly, and we see like a lot of people getting online. Um, and also, TFT has this issue. I think the entire genre has this problem, where if one person hits a reroll comp, 
then player number two is likelier to hit because more units are pulled out. Then player number right. three is very likely to hit. Then player number four is extremely likely to hit. And then it kind of creates this dynamic where you look and you've leveled up. You've got the level seven and eight. You're looking for your two-star Draven or your two-star whatever care you want to play. And everybody else has like th two or three three-stars. You're like, what the heck happened? How did everyone get so strong? This is just a high-roll lobby. But that's just due yeah. to the nature of how the genre works or how auto-battlers work with a shared draft pool. So it's kind of creating some, especially if, you, if you're if you a, a high-volume player, like challenger players are trying to play for snapshots right now, it creates these like lingering feelings that the entire meta is just warped around hitting. Uh, and reroll, and it's causing a lot of like disparity between casuals who love the fact that there's so much variety and there's a lot of carries that are viable, and then the challenger, like the top level players who like kind of hate this type of dynamic where it feels like you have to commit to rerolling as soon as stage one when you like get a Zyra off of the the eggs or the orbs, and you're like, okay, it's time to to roll for Draconic on stage two all the way to two five. It's 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 a little bit degenerate at points. Um, so I'm I'm very mixed on the patch right now. Yeah, you're not the only one. Uh, you know, obviously we got the tweet from uh, from Milk here, and you know, I I feel of, I'm of two minds on this too. Where I used to play like in in set two, especially set three, I played so many reroll comps. I kind of preferred to play that way, partially because it was easier. I kind of felt, but then set four made me turn into a flex player, and I really loved like not having a plan going into a game and reacting to the items and what I saw, and like really playing very fluidly. And then I was enjoying that, um, and then now we're back in a reroll path. So I, I kind of enjoy the style of play, but I kind of, I kind of like to play flex. So uh, so I don't know. I I'm I'm kind of of mixed thoughts on this. I have an appreciation of both. But Pakion, you mentioned earlier that you you kind of like reroll. Um, but uh, is it, it why why is that? We're not we're not trying to call yardens or something. It's not there's nothing wrong with liking reroll per se. But what is it about a meta like this that you kind of prefer? Or and if I'm mischaracterizing what you said. Please, uh, please call me out on that too. Well, I wouldn't necessarily. I prefer any one meta over another because okay. I think overall, as a, if your goal is to gain LP, you should just play what's good on the patch, right? And Truth. not like you could complain about it, obviously, if it's not really a good state of the game. But yeah, uh, overall, like when it comes to reroll, it does. It is much more comfortable. It's just like a comfy experience. You, you're just pressing B. You're hoping you hit. Uh, a lot of the times I've been... I know a lot of people roll on 6. I've been kind of sometimes rolling on 7 because if everyone else is rolling on 6 and you have that one extra unit, mm -hmm. it gives you HP advantage, which lets you hit. And you don't really hit any you don't hit that much slower a lot of the time so uh, i've been like adjusting with like what i do in terms of like leveling and rolling timings mm. as well as just i think when it comes to reroll you can actually flex between a lot of the different rerolls which is pretty like nice right like if you yep. decide you want to play because your items are like Runans and like IE. You could either decide to play A bomb, you could play uh, Riven, or you could play Nocturne, and you could even play Varus. And I've had games where I've like pivoted into Varus from a uh, Callista carry on stage okay. four one. And then I just streak off of that. And then it's like, there's a lot of like little weird 
scenarios that you can actually play off of where you're kind of taking advantage of the fact that it's a real meta. Yeah. yeah it makes sense because there's two things you said a lot of great things actually that helped me gain a little bit of insight first of all at the very beginning when you're talking about adjusting your roll timings it reminds me when people were rolling at level four right because that's maximum odds to get the one cost so if you wanted to re-roll for cogmore if you want to re-roll for zaya uh people were like oh just spam the d key button on 50 gold when you're at level four to maximize your odds uh but Pocky's like i can do the equivalent of that but like kind of go to five and feel like even if i lose the percentages I'm gaining the advantage. And in challenger lobbies, every HP really does matter. So being able to lose by one fewer unit, or in this case, two or three every single turn, because you have that extra champion, is a big deal to compensate for that percentage, which I really like. Uh, also putting pressure on other people, because when they die, a huge waft of uh, the champions go back in the pool, and you can uh, continue to, to roll that way. Um, and the second is that, you know, as much as we give a lot of, you know, there's there's a post made by uh, Mismatch Socks talking about the lack of flexibility in items. And he's very spot on with like the general core concept. But there are some ways that you could flex like that, too. You know, um, one thing that I personally explored was uh, playing assassins, right, with like the, the very dark blue buff, the Infinity Edge and the Guardian Angel. But if the assassins really aren't working out and it's a lobby that's kind of like not uh, fit for it. Uh, and, and I'm being contested. There's like an easy way that you can transition that to even like a Draven, right? Because everyone's figured out that Rise is really busted. So you can put the Shadow Blue buff Rise and the GE on him. The mm -hmm. Infinity Edge can go on Draven. Uh, and as well as like all of Pocky said, you can still pivot into a reroll comp if you just get fed a bunch of like Rivens and, and, and things like that. So it's a really interesting like meta in that sense. Um, and there are merits to it. It's just, I gotta say, the first few days, I'll just say it, though. It was like the least fun you TFT put in a long time. I was so upset. You were I was mad. Like, like, yeah. I felt like I, I was remember. being punished for pressing the level button. It was just like, yeah. this is absurd, right? A game where you're just not a, a, a supposed to level. It's like that, that entire button was just felt functionally useless. <laughs> a, a big reason why was because that was really easy strategy to gravitate towards. Reroll is just like very linear. As Pocky said, it's very comfortable. So sure. you don't have to think too much. And so it took some time for us to branch out the other decision trees. So I'm less down the patch now. But man, the first few days, I was heated. I was like, do not send me to Teamfight Talk. I'm just going to flame the patch. 11-11 is the worst TFT patch of all time. I was raging. I was so mad. I was concerned. I was concerned this would be a very different show, but I'm glad you kind of found some peace with it. I, I like what Pakigam said at the very beginning, where he said it's just it's just comfy. It's playing reroll is is comfy, yeah, because you just press the you just press the D key, you just uh see what you get. You're like, oh I got my various, I got my various three. Oh, he's over there. Various three, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm I'm putting arrows on everyone. You know that's that's great. And for me, yeah, it was kind of like it was kind of like putting on like an old, really comfortable hoodie. You know, it's not the the kind of hoodie you would like wear out in public very often. But if it's like a rainy day outside, it's kind of cool. You know, you put the hoodie on while you game, and it's comfortable, right? That's what slipping back into a reroll meta kind of feels like for me. So I. I don't, I don't mind it that much either. But speaking of, of coming to peace with the meta, we may have to come to peace with something else now. Is there is a B patch today coming out. Uh, Mort just released the details of this. And we can go over it really quick. Um, Cavalier gets a little bit less damage reduction at four. I don't think that's a massive, massive deal. Um, Kennen got a pretty pretty substantial nerf, uh, both in mana and a little bit on the HP side. Set got nerfed as well, Varus and Lulu. So kind of the suspects you would suspect i suppose uh, riven's not on the list maybe that's one some people would want to add but i want to get your thoughts initially pakigam on the b patch today especially because we've got a challenger series uh day tonight you know so not a lot of time to react to this for the players that are in that um what do you think about these changes do you think it's going to make a big difference 
it's definitely gonna make a big difference. I'm honestly not too sure how people are gonna be playing in the Challenger series. Because like, are they all just gonna play for like the reroll roulette? But like, if they do, it's like probably sins are gonna be high priority because Lulu got there, and one of the main reasons that I like try to prioritize like Shadow Trapball on sins was like Lulu. This unit is just like actually just counter sins just on her own a lot of the time. Like she'll turn your three star Katarina into just an AFK bot like that. Timo or even like Zix can just kill on his own. Yeah. And so like I think that Lulu change is really big. It's a, it's a whole second down. And then uh I really love the set change because honestly it was so stupid that like like there's set and then in set four there's Vi. Vi only hits like two cells ahead. Set can uh, hit four cells ahead if he's angled properly. Right, yeah. <laughs> so like that that changes, it's perfect. <laughs> oh, you like okay, yeah, that's true. They did uh, they did change it so he can't hit people outside the edge, which is mm-hmm. which is going to be a little bit more reasonable, I think. Um, what what do you think about some of the other changes? You know, you and I were actually talking a little bit about the cannon changes before the show went live. Uh, how much of an impact do you think that'll have on people trying to rely on the cannon in uh, Hellions mm-hmm. or in skirmishes early? I think it's very possible that. Uh, if you don't have Warmogs, and maybe even if you have GA, you might not even see your cannon casting. I'm not too sure. They've probably done the math so that he still does cast if he's two-star. But it might shift it so that like you might need to go Shoujins on him or something like that to make him cast. And have like a different actual frontline unit instead of just solo frontlining cannon. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be... A big detriment because the GA is really nice for like the aggro toggling and all of that stuff. Yeah. Well, front end, what do you think about the the B patch? Initial gut reactions to something we just saw like thirty minutes ago for the first time. Yeah, I mean he it's pretty much covered by Pokigom. Like I think the most egregious was set Kennen and Lulu. I think Varus makes sense as a nerf because just a two star version of him is a little bit too good. It felt like you know, he was the probably the best candidate for a Nico early. Like if you got two if you got a early Nico start, the number one thing that I was always looking for, even if I didn't have items for it, was Varus. Um so I think that this is like more reasonable for balance. Um Cavaliers honestly still might be a little too good just because you know the the idea is that you were playing three calves a lot and it stabilized you until you can find like the fourth calf. Um, right. So the 40 to 35 doesn't make the biggest of differences in terms of the inflection point of what you need in that comp. Um, so I think that overall, it's a, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction for sure. And like I think almost everybody agrees that set five has so many great fundamental pieces. The main issue has just been balanced. There's not like a lot of design concepts that we don't agree with unless there's a couple of contentious points like kale for example a lot of players are like very divided on it so people love kale and some people say like this unit is impossible to balance she shouldn't really exist mm-hmm. um but outside of those like few exceptions um that are you know more controversial i think set five has so many great things going for it that i think this balance makes a lot of sense all right we got to move on to agree pretty soon, but we have one last little topic to touch on, and that's the topic of the new armories coming in, 11.12, that uh, we talked about. They're going to be 
theoretically more uh you know more of them in a game uh there's a chance that there will be an armory there doesn't need to be an armory um but you know we'll probably see more overall a little bit more items overall including some old favorites slash anti-favorites like a loaded dice item remover reforger uh pakigam i want to get your thoughts really quick on uh, what you think about this i am i'm extremely concerned uh but also there could be some fun stuff in there what, what do you think well Regarding the loaded dice is definitely gonna be problematic. Not, I I really think they need to revert the re reroll chances for level six for sure. Maybe maybe for level seven as well, but that could be kind of fine. But I think for six they definitely need to, especially if they're adding in loaded dice as a potential item that you could get. Like if you yeah. get loaded dice early enough, you could probably hit like three stars set at. Three, two, even. Honestly, <laughs> don't worry. He's nerfed now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but I, I do think the armory is coming in. It, it could be interesting. Uh, I do think it's a little bit early for them to be adding stuff like this because we haven't even gotten through much of the set yet, and then there's still like balance issues that need to be figured out so right. i'm i'm a little bit concerned about it but it will be interesting to adapt to for sure yeah but yeah this tells me this tells me a few things one um that again riot's kind of like willing to take a pretty significant risk you're adding an entire like dimensional plane of balance issues now because yeah. it's not just adding new items into the mix it's like does the pacing feel correct with how much armories they're giving uh how do these interact these items interact with other items or other champions um at different inflection points of the game it's just like you're adding, like, balance has been the main issue that's holding set five from really living up to its potential, in our opinion. And you're adding more difficulty to that. So, like, you know, it's it's one of these things where it does feel a little bit like putting the cart before the horse. Um, the second thing is that does the game really need it in its current state? Part of what made, you know, set four really, or set 4.5 with the lanterns really interesting was these different things like the reforger and the item remover, which I think a lot of people liked. Um, but, you know, we also like different galaxies. Are we like, and, and like these like major mechanics that helped uh, define different parts of the set, which makes sure. me actually bring up another question is that uh, is set five actually not doing well with the mass player base compared to set four? They feel pressured to reintroduce like really popular mechanics or mechanics that did really well from player feedback mm -hmm. in order to get them um, interested again. It could be one of these things where like, you know, Riot's putting forth uh, a foot forward to try and get the casual interest back. And that's that's something that I feel like I'm reading a little bit. Maybe I'm reaching, but I couldn't help but feel like that, Doa. What do you think? Interesting. I, that, that is a good question. Because um, some of those things that on the hyper-competitive side of things, you know, we might not be as, as big of fans of on the casual side, they can be really fun. You know, if you're a casual fan, you probably like seeing loaded dice because like, oh, I have a chance to like, find this extra thing I want to complete this three costs. It is fun or item reforger. Oh, I get to like change this bad item into something I like better. So I don't know if that's the case, but I could see it from that perspective. That's an interesting, that's an interesting sort of thought with that. I, I'm concerned for the same reasons that have been brought up uh, where it's, it's a lot added quickly. I believe they did say they wanted their intention all along was to expand the armory mechanic. If I remember right back when the before set five even launched. So this is kind of, I guess it's something that we should have been expecting, but 
Uh, it does feel a little early, but maybe they kind of just feel like, well, we're just going to put it all in there. We're going to have everything we want in the game at this point, and then we're going to worry about, you know, balancing it all properly. That could be the case, too. But we'll see. It, it'll be interesting. The, the emblems will swing things a lot late game, too. Mm -hmm. But we we got to move on. That's kind of a wait-and-see topic. I think we're going to have to, you know, either play some PBE or uh, or check it out when it drops. But for now, let's move on to everybody's favorite segment. It is Agree? Ready? And here's Agreed? our first one. We're just hammering into it. Riot should stop dropping huge patches. 30-plus changes from uh, Harpoons. I think the first time we've ever taken an, an Agree question from uh, one of the questions that were originally sort of aimed at uh, one of our guests. So congrats, Harpoon. Good, good question. So, Pakigam, agree or disagree? Mm, I think early on, I would disagree because early on, you do need to make enough changes to actually cause uh, us to like really figure out problematic stuff, right? Even in a lot of the patches that have come out, the meta did slightly develop in between the patches while nothing really came out right we didn't have a b patch last patch cycle and going from skirmishers it kind of shifted towards hellions and Elkos a lot and th those kind of things need to be like figured out and a lot of times it, it can kind of get messed up by having big patches but i think having the big patches incentivizes people to find those kind of problematic stuff that does need issues but as as the set goes on i'm down for smaller patches all right Froden, what do you think um yeah i think pakigam covered a, a really good aspect of this i would disagree with this as well um i think that you know for one thing let's be very real about what tft is it's not its own standalone game it's a game mode inside the league of legends client and so by nature, it's a live game that's multiplayer focused. And so if you want to keep those players engaged, you, you should be considering uh, changes very often. If it was a single player game, similar to like, you know, Slay the Spire or other kind of deck building variants of it, then by all means, like take your time, small patches, maybe drop a huge patch once every year or two years. But, you know, this is a game that's like got hyper engaged audience and we've also gotten to this point by educating the audience that change and adaptation is part of the game. To be, a, you know, to, to be a member of the TFT community and like excel and succeed means that you have to survive patch to patch, even if it means dramatic shifts. Um, and I think that's part of the charm of it, you know, as opposed to other games, which it feels like you can drop and then come back to for a while. Um, and I think it's important to keep the game fresh. The question becomes like, should it be such a a, a crazy shift in momentum, right? Like one. One uh, patch, you just be like a fast eight, fast nine. The other is like, you can't do that whatsoever. It does feel like it's very jarring. And there's a lot of players that just feel like they can't keep up. I run like a, uh, a Discord server that Doe, you're part of. And it's like, a, it's like a group of friends. And I can't tell you that like how many times they just feel like they can't keep up with TFT anymore because the patches are just too big. Um, so I, I understand that side of it, but I think ultimately it's what makes TFT really engaging for people who want to throw themselves into it. So I don't think they should stop anytime soon. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with your disagreement. It's an easy disagree for me on this one. I think especially if there's a situation where uh, there need to be some big changes, make big changes. Yeah, why not? Well, let's move on to the next question. Oh, wait, no, wait, we have to see what chat's answer is. Chat, you have a little square down the bottom. 
Agree or disagree? I should mention that, uh, okay, disagree. Chat disagrees as well. We're all in agreement with our disagreement. Nice. Well done, everyone. Easy, we easy start. Easy start. There you go. Yep. Market testing in action. You're welcome, Riot. Let's go on to the next question here. <laughs> it's going to be uh, shadow items restrict item flexibility rather than promote it. This is kind of based off a little bit of the uh, the twit longer that uh, Sox put out earlier where he said uh, something similar. Akigam, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I would agree that's very true for the offensive itemization. There are even some item combinations. It's like you can't even go for a lot of item combinations, like Shadow IE with Runans. It's kind of killing your own unit a lot of the time, especially if you don't have like a Last Whisper to make sure they're not stuck on like some super tank where they can't even lifesteal. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, I would say when it comes to the offensive items, there's a lot of the downsides that pretty much prevent you from like playing it on certain units but i think with the defensive items like i honestly think like shadow warmogs got over buffed but it's like those items are pretty nice and flexible generally speaking mm. all right let's agree from you we should specify too that this is this is uh more focused on offensive items and defensive mm -hmm. items i think in general sure. but uh frodan what's what's your uh, opinion on that agree um, in its current iteration, yes, uh, only because of the current numbers on it. So part of uh, item balance, in my opinion, is that it should just be a spectrum, right? Like from extremely sure. defensive. There's actually it's like it's like it's like a three prong thing. There's defensiveness. There's utility, like in terms of like does it stun or does it provide healing or whatever, and then um, uh, offensive ability. And you 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 want to create these. Uh, items that are sometimes generalist, like it does a little bit of everything, like Hodge, and then you have stuff that's like super narrow to help you do something really amplified. Um, you know that that is very specific. I, I can't think of what like blood, bloodthirster, right? Like it's like something that you only place on AD carries. You rarely place on anybody else. Um, so that kind of dynamic is what shadow items exacerbates because some items lean so narrow that it feels like you have to play it on certain champions and you can't play it on others. But because of how powerful it is, uh, it creates this dynamic which is pretty unhealthy where it, it create um, is lack of flexibility. So you have to hit, or else you're probably going to just take a bot four, and it's a really bad experience. Um, so in my opinion, I actually don't think it restricts item flexibility. I think that the power level and the balance numbers just aren't uh, aren't right at the moment. So I'm actually happy with the amount of items that we have. Um, I would just say that right now numbers are just too good. I think I think everything is too powerful. I think crit items are too strong, uh, specifically the offensive ones. Uh, I think that traits are too strong. I think that champions are too strong, and it just creates this like uh effect where if one person's hitting in a very meaningful way with all of these categories in mind they hit the right champions traits and items they just jump so far ahead of everybody else in the lobby and it's and, and it's just such a common thing that i brought up a couple times during the set which is you really commonly see in lobbies two players who are like 60 hp and above and everybody at like 20 and below and it just creates this like uh, really difficult to to swallow dynamic where it feels like at best you start off the game like aiming for third or fourth and that shouldn't really exist just based off of what the shadow items give you. Sure. So it's the caveat. Like I, I disagree, but like in its current like state of balance, I would definitely say it's restricting a lot of flexibility. All right. Yeah, that's a 
that's kind of what I was going to, you know, sort of say too, in that I will, I will actually agree with this, but with a caveat that I don't think it's all items that are causing this. For me, it's a, the biggest thing is that I think going forward, there should be some sort of rule that says all items need to be usable on everybody. Not that they need to be good on everybody, but that you don't have situations where if you put an item on a, a champion, it just does nothing, right? So, and, and I can't imagine what that would be like to create or balance out and pretend to be a game developer, but I just feel like going by that rule and having to change a couple items because of it would promote a lot more flexibility and would, you know, allow you to do a lot more fun things. So agree, but with that caveat that it's only a few things I think that really kind of need some tweaking, like uh, Shadow Runins maybe and stuff like that. But chat, what do you think? Chat agrees as well, but I would imagine just I've been reading chat this whole time and it does seem like there is that kind of caveat too where it's, it's yeah. specific items that people have in mind more than others. But interesting topic to think about. I want to say uh, one thing as well. I think I feel like there's a little bit of a, a kinship to card games where like you would think that in big eternal formats, the more cards, the better, right? If you have like a thousand cards in a card game, it feels like it should give you a lot more deck building variation to like 200 cards in a format. Um, but you actually end up finding that because there's more tools to play something specific, it ends up narrowing the field. So in terms of like a fun, that, that, that's why there's rotation in Magic the Gathering and Hearthstone and whatnot, so that you can open right. up other cards that are less played. And so there is this little dynamic that exists as well with shadow items where like because there's so many items, they doubled the amount. It actually does restrict the amount that you should probably play because there's very specific uses for each one. Fair enough. All right, well... That's a topic we could do a whole show on, I think, in itself. But let's move on to the next question. Yeah. Set five traits are more interesting than set four traits. Pakigam, agree? I probably have to think about it a little bit. I mean, set four had fortune, which was fun. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I think if I were to say the traits themselves, they're they're more unique for sure. I think they are definitely more unique to the what we've had in TFT. Okay. Like I think Dawnbringer and Nightbringers are pretty cool, pretty cool traits. Like one time healing, shielding, and then you get like a damage boost. And a lot of those lines. And honestly, Draconic. I don't have very good opinions about Draconic, but. Uh, like most most players don't have really good opinions about like those kind of econ traits in general. Like most of the top players, so I guess I would agree. Though, okay, it's a tough one. This one is meant to be <laughs> difficult because I think both sets had good stuff. But all right, so Pakigam's gonna agree. Froden, where are you at? Uh, I'm just gonna disagree because it's just too hard to say what one which one is more interesting. Sure. I really miss certain aspects of set four. Like right now, I think it was Kurum that was like talking about how he wish Azir from set four was just in the game right now, and that was a trait, right? The Emperor gave you the sand guards. That was really interesting. I thought Kane to this day is one of the most interesting uh legendaries and like really playing around with the idea of do you want a blue or red cane and how it's situationally really useful based on the comp and the trend of way things are going. There's a lot of really good things that set four did. Um, and so that's why I just can't say like without a doubt, send yes, bet set five is like more interesting than set four because set four has some really sick stuff that I wish that they would bring back in a future set. 
Yeah, I can see that. I think that's a respectable answer. Uh, for me, it is tough too. I think I'm going to agree for now. Um, I might change my answer later after the show in, in future weeks. But for now, I'm going to agree. I, I specifically like that there's a lot of team-wide defensive traits that you can play with this time around. Um, in that we, we still have Mystic, obviously, but we've got Knight and we've got Ironclad, which um, you can, you know, base your comp around using one of those or more than one of those. And it kind of open up, opens up different frontline thinking, you know, possibilities. So I don't know. I, I, I'm going to lean towards set five because I, I feel like, especially on the defensive traits, having so many board wide ones makes me think about the game in a little bit of a different way. But there was a lot of good stuff in set four. It's, it, it is tough. I do like that Timo just wins every 1v1 as well. That's always entertaining to see. Sure, but, sure. Uh, but yeah, that's a good one. Chat. Yeah. Chat disagrees. Okay, interesting. It was close though. It was fifty nine percent. So we had a lot of people agreeing as well. But I, I think this was a this was one where there really is no right answer. It kind of comes down to your personal preference. But mm -hmm. an interesting thing to talk about either way. Uh, let's go on to our final question for agree. It is Timo, a champion that costs health instead of gold, is an impossible unit to balance. Pakigam, agree. I think it should be able to balance a unit that costs health instead of gold, but then it is always going to be biased towards people who are win streaking. Mm. And as a like one of the issues for Teemo is like having enough HP to find one, and then but like he probably does too much with his current kit right now, like. Slowing damage and then cruel on top of that to just cheese certain unkillable units after you kill the rest of his team. I think like right now they probably need to like cut something from him, but I do think he is balanceable. Like just in terms of sheer strength as a unit. This is a disagree from Baki. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Frodan. What's your take on it? Um, man, this one's tough because on the one hand, like I definitely love the flavor of Teemo. Like he costs six health. You need three sixes or it's six, six, six in order to two star him. Like this yep. basically get the final <laughs> form of the devil. It's like really thematically very great. Um, and I've never, ever seen anything close to a Teemo three, which I, which I hope uh, one day we can see because it'd just be really fun conceptually to think about. Someone having acquired nine teams would probably require like Draconic giving you unlimited mm -hmm. Nikos. Um, but it does feel right now a difficult unit to balance. It's, it's problematic in its own right because a single Teemo when you're like rushing Hellions is like too good. But at the same time, you want to make the trade off of health worth it. It might just be that they set the bar too high based off the flavor. Like I think if Teemo costed, you know, five health or four health, it'd probably be much more reasonable of a balance unit. Yeah. Um, because it's, the trade-offs aren't so severe. But right now, it's, it feels quite binary, uh, the way Teemo works. Either he, like, wins it for you, or you just like, or he's just, like, not good enough, and you die anyways, and you just paid 6 or 12 gold to, to, to die a little faster and take a one placing lower. So uh, I, I disagree. I think there is, like, a comfortable medium, but I think it's very slim, that window, like, of whether or not you can balance it. Yeah. I'll disagree with this one, too. I mean, I think any anything should theoretically be, you know, balanceable in some way. 
the health thing really is the most interesting aspect of it too because thematically obviously you do want the 666 like that's part of the that's part of the kit that's part of the fates theme you know or not fates that's part of the uh the reckoning theme rather so it, it makes sense but it does make him unusable in a lot of situations where you pick him up otherwise to the extent that i think until recently a lot of people just passed Timo by you know and they're like well i don't want to pay the health for this anyway until you know the invoker build got you know figured out a little bit more so it's it is a fun unit too um if you make him too good obviously then you know the health won't matter because uh he'll effectively be free if he's good enough to just help you win streak after picking him up so you want to avoid that as well so i think it's definitely a difficult unit to to balance he can also be bought for health and sold for gold which is a whole other aspect to think about it um but yeah while while i think he's definitely one of the more difficult units out there to get right um he's not it's not impossible so i will disagree uh, we'll see what cat has to say their poll is ending in uh, in just a little bit here, I believe. Disagree. Okay, yeah. They're going to think the same thing. Apparently we are. 80%. Yeah, hard disagree from chat as well. But fun unit. And I, I would say I would encourage more things like this to kind of play around with the game mechanics in ways we might not expect. You know, paying health something instead of gold is, is cool. So I like it. But there you go. Actually, I actually think ahead. there is... Like one idea that would be interesting for Timo, and if it's he's kind of put outside of like the star rating idea of the TFT like units, and buying more Timos is like GP upgrades, like GP MF upgrades. That would okay. I don't know exactly how that would work, but it's just like an idea where it's like when you buy two Timos. And you can't find the third one. You're just like, why the hell did I buy the second <laughs> one? Right? Yeah. And there's yeah, just like, seriously. there's a lot of <laughs> situations like that, which would be uh, like alleviated. One, like one Teemo, buying just one Teemo shouldn't be so strong. Mm. Right? But then mm. buying like two or three Teemos should be strong. And like, I think that would be a pretty interesting way to adjust Teemo. But yeah. it's really up to the devs. What if his upgrades were like Yordles from previous sets of the game, but like small versions? You got like a little mini Nar or something like that, a little mini like uh, Lulu from a different one. I don't know. That's that's probably a terrible idea. But I, I like where you're going with it, where it's worth, but you uh, you know it's not going to be super OP. That's cool. Let's move on to our next segment, which is esports. Everybody's favorite segment, of course. And uh, yeah, somebody's getting a Discord call. Is that me? No, it is. I don't want this call. Anyway, um, sorry about that. Uh, well, look at that. Pakigam, the winner. Our first esports topic is you. You crushed it uh, in Challenger Series. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last time. Uh, what do you think you really sort of grasped about the meta at the time that, uh, that helped you win? Hmm. The main thing that I grasped? Damn, that's hard because when I think about like how the tournament went, and I did kind of take a look back at some of my games just to see like what decisions I made and things along that line. I do feel like I got bailed out in several games, and it's like a little bit hard to say whether uh, that's like part of my skill in like making the risky call to just like roll down at certain points, like. I think two of my games, I just rolled down to zero on three, two. I was just like poor for most of the game, but then I spiked so hard off of it. But it was like, I got bailed out in those games. And then, so it's like, I 
don't exactly know if there's anything that I particularly grasp better than the other players, but I do okay. think I did uh, with what I was given, I feel like I did make the correct decision most of the time. I mean, that's all that, you can ask from any TFT players yeah. was just make the the uh, correct decision, uh, decision at the correct time. And obviously, mm -hmm. obviously, there's a little bit of luck that comes yep. involved a lot of times in some first. But <clears> hey, <throat> you're the one who took advantage of it this time. So well done. What, what do you think of uh, Renewer Udir? <laughs> Renewer Udir? <laughs> uh, I was honestly disappointed at how not tanky he was. <laughs> I thought it he would sounds, be a lot tankier. That's good. Yeah, because yeah, he heals yeah. percentage health, right, as a renewer, or, like, get the mana to cast more often. But, yeah, Udyr's mm -hmm. not super great. What do you think about the fact that everyone, uh, that Milk keeps insisting that you look like Kiyun in this picture? Is that what you were going for? Uh, <laughs> is that something I go for? There's actually a picture I took when my friend gave me a haircut. It took, like, three hours, but then they, wow. they took, like, a side profile haircut. It's, like, the only picture I have recently. Especially because of the pandemic, going outside. <laughs> oh, okay. Too scary. True. You gotta up that yeah. selfie game, man. Learn all the angles. <laughs> you know, tons of unlimited pictures, then. Yeah, it's true. See, people are freaking out right now that your haircut took three hours, but everyone knows good haircuts <laughs> do take that long. So. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Did you get like the massage in there as well? The shampoo, you know, is it really no. like a, as cozy as re-rolling? No, it was no, really oh, uncomfortable. Okay. They actually, like, put me in, like, some kind of, like, plastic wrap, and it was so warm. And oh. the chair that they used was, like, one of those shitty plastic chairs. <laughs> so it was one of the worst haircut experiences oh, wow. of my life. Awkward. But, I mean, it was fun, but because it was my friend doing it kind of, like, for the first time. Yeah. So It's like patio Great. furniture. God. <laughs> You're a brave person, though, trusting your friend with their, their first haircut. It turned out fine, though. They did a good job. Right. Yeah, yeah. My barber asked me, "He's like, who the hell did your haircut last time?" <laughs> oh, that's that's not a good sign at all. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as far as your hair goes, like we know that's important. You want to have a good haircut before you play in a tournament. But aside from that, now that you've got that nailed, uh, what are your expectations for the the mid set finale going into that? It's a ways off, but uh, but what what are you thinking? Hmm. I, I was watching the Dawnbringer Cup. I was kind of like surprised with like the the difference, like the gap in like the pretty much LP, I guess, of the players that were in the cup. Because I think one of the lowest LP players there were like he qualified in when he was like Master Hundred LP or something, but he was like Diamond One. So I was just like, there's gonna be Diamond players potentially in mid set finale. It's kind of interesting. So I'm. I'm not really too sure what to expect. We don't really know what the patch is. And if it is a real meta, it's going to be very roulette-y. But it does sound like a lot of the top players are potentially flaking mid-set finale, which is like really interesting to hear. So What's your... I'm, I'm really not too sure what to expect from it. Okay. Well, what's your perspective on uh, like grinding the ladder at this point now? Are you going to be hitting it pretty hard? Uh, I'm definitely continuing to grind for the snapshots so that I can get guaranteed into the NA regional finals, which is in September. Mm -hmm. 
because I think right now, in terms of the points, I think I'm, if you get rid of the lowest points, I'm like third right under Nugal and Setsuko. And it's kind of comfy up there, but I, I do need to make sure I stay high up. And yeah, I feel quite confident that I will make it to the NA regional finals, but that's really my main goal right now, just to maintain my ladder position so that I can be qualified for that. Okay. Cool. Still hitting the ladder. All right. Frodan, anything to add? I just want to know who Pocky Gom heard is, is going to be flaking from the mid set finale. It's time, it's time to name them, Pocky. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You don't have to. Them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Why are they flaking? It's, I, I get it why it's because they feel like uh you know there's i think one one form of criticism against this uh series of tournaments is that there's not a lot of prizing and there's been stuff that's like spread out so for example the challenger series there's money but because you know there's a, there's several events it feels like it doesn't culminate into one big thing so there's a little bit of that dynamic going on well, hey, we can we can maybe force a little bit of this information out there because it's uh, Nexus, everybody's favorite segment. It's the NA tier list. So, Pakigam, now it's time to tell us who you think the best teamfight tactics players, the best tacticians, as we're now called, are in uh, North America. So, you know, you know the drill. Any order, you can move things around, but who are your top ten? Uh, <laughs> new bow, easily. Okay, All right. I think a lot of people do that. Since I'm ranked two on ladder, I'll put myself next. <laughs> All right. Well, you were rank one, uh, you know, as well. Uh, yeah, I kind of threw it away last night because my friend told me to play, and then kind of turned out I didn't have to. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this friend you keep talking about kind of is starting to sound like sort of uh, the uh, the El Emperor Palpatine to your Vader. I'm getting a little bit worried here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so I, I would personally, I really like how Kiyun plays. Kiyun, Kiyun, okay, and then. Uh, I'd probably put like Sox GBA there. They're two people I really respect a lot. Okay. I learned a lot from watching those too. Yeah. Can uh, you, a lot of people would agree with. Can you clarify what exactly about the way you like Kuhn's play it means? Like, what does that exactly mm -hmm. entail? I personally just like the fact that he's able to like hard force literally any comp as long as he like figures it out, but he is able to like figure out every comp. And even if it's like degenerate or just like some kind of like proper play, I guess, quote unquote, proper play, he's able to like adjust to that really well. Okay, makes sense. All right. Uh, regarding like overall like ladder, I don't exactly have too much opinions about Setsuko, but then like he's always consistent up there, so I'd probably just put Sesco on the list as well. And then recently, I've been watching Goobumps, so I'll put Goobumps up there. Oh yeah, Solid. all right. 
It might be the first time Goobums has ever made this list. I was thinking that. Yeah, I wonder. I feel like he's been in there at least <laughs> maybe once. Goobums Goobums went fit. through like a full set and like lost like 400 LP in like a day. And then he had like a V-shaped recovery. <laughs> then like average like a, a second place to, to get back. And he was just like, yeah, I, whatever. I'm just going to play set in Teemo and, and climb. <laughs> that works. All right. I I see chat mentioning Milk, but I've honestly not watched Milk play TFT ever, so I really don't know anything about his gameplay. Uh, he's right. currently high on the ladder, so I, I'm gonna not really know what to say about Milk. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Uh, sure, that's that's understandable. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, if you don't know, you can't put him on there, man. Sure. There's one name that like nobody would know, but like he's currently on the ladder as Melt and Heart. I would personally put him on my top ten. Okay, and it's just Heart. my friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, wait, is this is this a shadowy friend that you've been? Yeah, that the cuts shadowy your hair friend. and tells you how to play TFT. Okay, is it the same? No, that's the that cutting the hair. hair. Oh, okay, no, no, no. All right, right. right. Melt and Heart streams nice Pakigam and then gives him the bad haircut. Okay, Pakigam. <laughs> it's like sneaks into your house at night and cuts your hair. You have a large, a large uh, support group of friends. That's that's good to have. So, Melton Hart, number eight. What is it about his play that he's he's particularly good at? I just think he his execution is insane. He's like super sweaty in terms of how he plays. He's like always position swapping. He always chats me. It's like I'm like triple swapping positioning every every fight. I'm just like what. I'm just AFK on my little corner all the time. Mm. I don't even like if you watch me stream, I really don't uh position too much. Because I do feel like it might be a little bit overemphasized in my opinion. I don't know. I think a lot of the top players would disagree with that, but I think it's okay. slightly overemphasized. But he's really good at that. He's cool. really right. good at like maxing okay. out like what he's given. And in terms of like mentality, well, or at least like thinking about like unit strength, he's probably better than me at it. Mm. I'm excited to see if uh, he can hang because he's playing in Challenger Series tonight, I believe, which is part of the reason why we're doing uh, the show. Actually, it's the entire reason why we do the show at this time now. Uh, Yep. Because of the Challenger Series. So uh, if you want to see potentially Pakagam's main practice partner also potentially tear it up, pay attention to Melton Hart tonight. Mm-hmm. Cast right. Doa. And right. nine. More on that later. But nine and ten. Who are who are the bottom two of your list? Still top ten in North America. It's still very yep. respectable. But who are Kurum. the bottom two? Kurum. Okay. Kurum. Kurum. Okay. Mm. And ten. There's. I want to uh, say Ramkev. Ramcav. I really like watching Ramcav. Although he's he does some weird stuff on stream a lot of time, especially on ladder. But mm. I do think he is really good. He's just kind of slightly struggling with the patch. Or just the set in general. But I I, I really like his gameplay. Once again, okay. Soju is no, no love, on the list. No love yeah. for Soju. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey somebody had to be number 11 you know 
<laughs> yeah, like, that's probably soulless, but still, somebody has to be, you know, not on the list. Yeah, yeah. No, so what ended up happening in every tier list was that like Soju would like barely make the top ten, like nine or ten, but like maybe a gap between him and the rest. And then eleventh was like honorary mention soulless. Like every single tier list <laughs> in the very beginning was like this. It was really interesting. Yep, it's a it's a return to form. It's a classic classic NA top ten tier <sighs> list. I think. Thank you for that. <laughs> Akigam, uh, it's time to move on to everybody's favorite segment. It's the the mailbag that right, and we we've changed it up a little bit. So we used to just do one giveaway, but we've doubled it. We're doing two giveaways now, and the second one is chosen actually by Pakigam, and uh, that'll be based on a question from chat. And uh, we try to avoid giving it to prominent TFT community people. They've already got you know everything they need in life. We know this, but uh, Pakigam, keep an eye on chat and uh, find out. Who, uh, and keep an eye about who you uh, would want to choose towards the end of this. But let's go with our first mailbag question here. This one, I believe, is from Subidoo. That's right. How do you approach patches like this one and the one before? Do you play the OP comps expecting to be contested and look to play it better? Do you look for a counter to the meta? Or do you just play flexibly to secure top fours? Mm. I would say when I start off the set, especially, I try to test as many things as I can. Within, like, the framework that other people have set up, like, I would say in the beginning of the set, I would mostly watch Soju because he was kind of climbing, like, crazy, right? Yeah, like, insane wow. stats. Wait, hold up. You you learn <laughs> from this guy, and then you don't even put him on your top <laughs> 10 list? Gee, that is cool. That is I mean, cool. Just uses Soju and discards him. I mean, wow. I would say there's a lot of players you could learn from, regardless of their skill level. Oh, okay. Like, their overall skill level. Right. Got it. <laughs> but I would say I, I tried to like uh, test out a lot of different stuff. So, and also just like making sure I watch a lot of people th from different regions as well. So I, yeah. I did watch some like the rank one JP player like Riri, and he was playing like only Velkos uh... before like everyone else figured it out. Hmm, okay. Although there was one player. How do you? How do you watch them? Is do you go to like their webs the streams or are you like mm -hmm. just looking at their lol chess? Well, I I do look for the lol chess a bit and then if I do notice that they're streaming, I'll check it out and see exactly how they're playing, how they're transitioning, mm. item prioritization. So I did do a good bunch of that for mostly the Jap that one player and a few of the Korean streamers. Mm, okay. Do you uh do, so you mentioned JP as your first example? Do you feel like Japan region is actually very strong quietly and people don't talk about them? Because we don't really hear anybody talk about Japan. They talk about like Korea or obviously EU. Um, mm. So I'm I'm curious about that. Well, I did notice Japan because like there were two players. I think one was Yasuhashi and one was Riri. They were like 400 LP above the closest LP on their ladder. So I was just like, okay. okay, what are they doing that they can like, even if like we can say that their competition's worse, like there's probably something that they're taking advantage of that will let them gain such a huge lead above them. So as a result, I did take a look at their games and just see what they're doing. I remember seeing like Riven, Sin Riven in their one of the lobbies, and I was like, it's driven insane. And then Nubao comes in like the patch afterward, and everyone starts playing Dombringer, right? 
Yep. Yeah. No, it so makes a like, lot of sense. Interesting. Okay. That's cool. Uh, it, it is it is interesting. Like I'm I'm looking at some of the other uh so as soon as he started saying that, I looked at some Japanese profiles and there's like some people who climb while like one tricking knights, apparently. Like knights plus any backline carry. It could be like six knights and Draven, six knights and a Timo, <laughs> six knights and uh Aphelios too. I don't get this, but it's he's hey. like for every game. So there's some interesting stuff here in the Japanese Good. server, huh? I was playing a lot of Six Knight of Felios uh, before mm -hmm. the the patch that kind of hurt him a little bit for this latest patch. But uh, yeah, I think I think there's a possibility in Six Knights. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, very interesting. No, it looks like we got Anyways. a bit of a raid in chat too. But Pakigam, have yeah. you been keeping an eye? I know we we got raided, and thank you very much, Siri. Suari, Suari. I'm trying my best. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for the raid, but also. Uh, that might have made it a little bit difficult to spot a question to to shout out. Do you oh, do you do you have anything for us? <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that. I was like, hmm. <laughs> let, me, let me take a look. <laughs> you have to scroll back for a while. Let's. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Oh wait, wait. There's some. There's some. Um... Some in a Google Doc. Should I run some past you? Uh, yeah, or we could kind of All stall right. out, but um, sure, we could we could we could take some time to let Pakigam figure it out. You can see on his screen he's he's studying intently. He's trying to find the best question ever. Uh, Frodan, any any topic you want to uh, talk about right now? What do you think about Six Nights? Like seriously, do do you think it's a meme or do you think it's legit? Um, no, I think Six Knight right now is probably one of the most underrated traits, or just like knights in general. Like people look at it as simply like a stall mechanic for Kale, and I think that's pr or like you, you use it for like Varus, and like mm -hmm. based off this uh, tree, you just play Varus or Kale. But sure. I think there's more to be explored. Just straight up damage reduction on every single auto attack is just really, really powerful. So yeah. um, there's got to be something good with the knights that we also haven't figured out. All right. I think I found a question, but it doesn't okay. look like there are that many questions. I'm well, down to just answer you... this silly one, which is, would you play Soju or Solus higher on the list? And I think... <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I think... It's your choice. <laughs> I probably put Soju on higher there on the go. list. <laughs> Justice for Soju. <laughs> Yeah, we got it, chat. We did it. <laughs> Sorry, right. Solus. Who, who who asked that question? Uh, Sonic Zoe. Okay, Sonic congrats, Zoe. Sonic Zoe. Yeah. Sonic Zoe, I see the chat now. Congratulations. Oh. Financially rewarded for memeing Soju in a TOT podcast. Congratulations. Just the beginning. So let's take a look at our giveaway winner. It was a Subi Doo with the the uh, regular questions that were submitted beforehand. If you want to submit a question that gets a little bit more consideration of that, you can do that uh, every other week before we do the show. Congrats, Subidu, on uh, that. And congrats, Sonic Zoe, on the choice of uh, of being the winner by a, by a Pakigam. Way to go. Memen into financial dreams. Yeah. May or may not. All right. Through, but there you go. Wow. Well, what, what a show that was. That got exciting towards the end. But... Uh, that's going to do it about for us. I, I think the big story here is keep in mind, we do have Challenger Series coming up today at 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Crowen and I are going to be casting that one. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to watch. Last time was really fun. Uh, Pakigam had the most fun. He won it. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun this time, too. So definitely come back 
on uh, the same channel, I believe, and uh, watch it right there. But final thoughts time. Pakigam, what do you got? Final thoughts? Final thoughts, shout-outs, whatever you want. I am down for Mutton Heart to make it to day two and win. Wow, okay. I'm going to be watching it pretty much. Well, actually, I do have something I have to do while it's going on, but I'm going to be trying to just pay attention to it as much as possible. I'm excited for it. All right. Oh, Suari so was the one who cut your hair, Pocky? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got it. Got oh. it. Makes sense. All right. <laughs> It, it was keeping think, it was keeping you anonymous, but you know, like, like a like a true homie. It's a fine looking haircut. Fine looking haircut. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, definitely check out the Challenger series uh, later tonight. It'll be really fun to see you know who's able to also uh, advance the midset finale. Um, I just want to give a shout out to uh, the casting team that's been like working a lot and giant slayer, you know, we did a lot of great work, but also just like, we have some new casters. I, I think a lot of people aren't familiar with like, that's admirable. And I think he's done a great job lately, just like plugging into casting and whatnot. And he's been doing like Twitch rivals and the Dawnbringer cup with me alongside challenger series. So I've been really happy about it. Also, you know, while we're showing some love, like the fact that Mort dog took vacation and we kind of saw a little bit about what happened without a life without Mort dog. It's just like, Oh man. Just want to reiterate, like, you know, Mort is very much appreciated in the community because, you know, when he's gone, it feels like a, a, the, the soul of TFT has disappeared. A little bit. Look okay, at uh, what happened when Mort went on vacation, not guys. To, I, oh. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want, you know, not to say uh, the, the rest of the team isn't great, but uh, one, one does get a little bit uh, concerned. Either way, thanks to, uh, to Mort and the rest of the team for, for being back, for fixing things, all that. But uh, thanks to all of you out there for watching. Thanks to the Giant Slayer and Wisdom for putting this one on. The production team always does a, a great job rolling with the, the craziness that inevitably happens during every show. And yeah, that's going to be it for Team Fight Talk Show right now. Thanks to Pakigam for coming on and being a great guest. Thanks to Frodan for being a great host, as always. And thanks to me, because, you know, it's good to have some self-validation every once in a while. Thank you, so You're doing a great job. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Frodan. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be back at 4 p.m. for uh, Challenger Series. Do not miss it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, take care of yourselves until then, and, and even after then, too. But uh, see you then. Have a great day. Play some TFT. Enjoy. Goodbye.